Well, hello everybody again. You know, I'm just reminded of a scripture that um, every now and again the Holy Spirit brings it to my remembrance. And it says that Jesus saw the multitudes and he had compassion on them and he began to teach them many things. And so, you, you know, the two-thirds of Jesus' ministry was teaching. And uh, it's the compassion and the love of God that gives us his gifts that can flow towards us with his power to set us free. Right? It's wonderful to me that this morning again he would teach us many things because he has compassion on us and he wants us to know what is ours in Jesus. He wants us to know what's available to us as his children. And then I'm also reminded of a statement, a question that um, Kenneth Hagin asked the Lord the one day. He said, Lord, why do you always have me preaching and teaching your highest and your best when so few people choose to live there so few people choose to go there and the majority of Christians live so below their rights as children of God and so the Lord said it's my love for them they must all know all the time, what's available to them. So God would not have us in a place where he's indebted to us because he didn't tell us and he didn't let us know. So we couldn't press and we couldn't go. Right? Hallelujah. So God... Um, I'm reminded of a scripture in the book of Psalms 2 where the psalmist says, and you feed your people with the finest of wheat. He just, when he comes to serve us with his word, it's just fine. It's so fine. It's so fine. It's so wonderful. And so it is my privilege to be able to speak for God on this subject of music ministry. I think I'm going to um, explain to you, for those of you that don't know, because when you do know, then you can go and you can flow in cooperation uh, with what the Lord requires of me, um, my part you see, the Lord said to me many years ago, before Pastor John even went into the full-time ministry, he said, you will do your part. Because I asked him, what do I do, Lord? He said, you will do, you will, you will, go, you will do what Pastor John asks you to do, and then in that you will, you will do your part. And John will do his part. You will not do his part. If he does not do his part, his part will go undone and he will be accountable to me for that. That will be between him and me. And you will do your part and he will not do your part. And if you do not do your part, 
it will go undone and you will be accountable to me. So that's quite clear, isn't it? It's quite clear. And um, actually crystal clear. So from that time, I have pressed in. I continue to press into God for my part. Because what he said was both parts are pivotal and vital. They're different words. Pivotal and vital. Both parts are pivotal. So I've always seen how our gifts work together. And they're both vital. The vitality of these gifts are necessary for the life of my church in the way that I've called the two of you together. And so... So I have shared with you before my journey um, but I'll pick up here on Tuesday the 20 let's just pray Father we thank you for this time of impartation this time of revelation this time of in our preparation for us to be ready and be getting ready in sound and song for when you come, when you come. We know you're already coming and you're already here, but you have got specific things in mind and specific things in your heart that you're going to be bringing to us when Brother Jerry comes. you coming, Lord, and you want us to be ready, Father. That's why you have even declared December will be a month to remember because there are many of us, Lord, that are pressing into you, spending time with you, desiring to hear your voice and just to be with you, Lord, in this month. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're helping all of us to get ready, to be ready. I would say, if this helps you, my two primary things that I am, I am using in my time of spiritual preparation, disciplined spiritual preparation, if it helps you. For me, I am very much spending time with the Lord in lots of gratitude. My heart is overflowing with gratitude for him, and I'm spending much time expressing that gratitude to him, letting thankfulness just flow out of my heart, out with words, out of my lips to the Lord, giving him thanks. Hallelujah. Just giving him thanks for so much, so many things, and, um, and praising him. And rejoicing in him. All those excellent words that we find in scripture. Delighting myself in him. Gladdening myself in him. These are all words that are in scripture. I'm spending time delighting myself in him. Delighting myself in him. Gladdening myself in him. Rejoicing in him. Expressing my sincere gratitude and thankfulness to him. This is just a magnificent scripture. You've heard me before, but I'm not taking it for granted. Because, you know, 
I'm not familiar with scripture. I do not have an attitude of familiarity towards scripture. Every time I read, it's fresh and new. Hallelujah. And that's the way a little child will approach things, right? Matthew 18, 18. Unless we become like little children, we won't even see what God's doing in the kingdom of God. So I just want to um, read this amazing scripture just tucked away here. And And it's tucked away here in the curses of Deuteronomy 28. But it's, 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 it's an indictment on us. Because it, but, but then you can take it and you can be in the positive with this. So it's Deuteronomy 28, 47 from the Amplified Bible. Deuteronomy 28, 47 from the Amplified Bible. So this is one of my presses. I serve you, Lord, my God, with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude for the abundance of all things with which you've blessed me. That's how I turned that scripture to my advantage. Hallelujah. So he's saying, it's, if you don't serve God like this, it's, it's, it's not a blessing for you. It's a curse for you. To be always doubting God and murmuring and and being disappointed in Him and wondering and being in unbelief and you know that this is the blessing. This is the blessing. Can we put it up again? It's so wonderful. Hallelujah. I'm busy. This is part of my disciplined spiritual preparation. I'm busy serving the Lord, ministering to Him. I'm ministering to Him when I'm with Him. Ministering to him, serving him with joyfulness of mind and heart in gratitude. Wow. For the abundance of all with which he's blessed me. He's blessed me with salvation. He's blessed me with a new birth. He's blessed me in Christ Jesus richly with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. He's blessed me with a plan for my life. He's blessed me with an ancient path. He's blessed me with a, giving me the Holy Spirit who lives within me. He's blessed me by, by giving me scripture that I can live by. He's blessed me, hallelujah, with all the covenant clauses. He's blessed me with health and healing and he's blessed me. So this is what I'm busy doing right now. It's my December to remember. Hallelujah. Thank you, Miles. The Lord spoke that to Miles' heart. And when he said it to me this morning, it, it hit me in my spirit. A December to remember is what he said to Miles. This will be a December to remember. The Holy Spirit said that. Hallelujah. A December to remember. Hallelujah. It's going to be memorable. It's memorable. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then it's going to flow right in to January. To January. Oh, and then and then. Maximize. Maximum. Highest level attainable for us. Spiritually. Glory. So I'm serving him at the moment. So this is what I'm doing when I'm with him. I just speak my love. I speak my gratitude. I speak my thankfulness. This is part of my disciplined spiritual preparation. And then I've got the messages of journey, the journey messages. I've got the journey messages. 
that I'm just, I just put it in my file and I just page and I flip over and I start to speak and I start to sow and I water and I, and I let my eyes just see what the Spirit of God has been saying to me through Pastor John, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm reminding myself, refreshing myself. So those are my two primary things. If that helps you, hallelujah, hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is your preparer. But these are precious tools he's given us to praise, to rejoice, to delight, to gladden ourselves in him. And his, his messages that he's been bringing us. So important. So important. What the Spirit of God has been saying to this church. That's what's important. Because I want to go to the book of Revelation again. Just to show you that this is the way of Jesus and it is the way of the Father. That in Revelation, I'm just going to read it to you. You don't have to put it up. I'm going to read it to you. Revelation chapter 2. To the church in Ephesus, he writes a letter to the church in Ephesus and he gives very specific instructions and then he says this. He who is able to hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the church. Do you think Jesus brings a message to the church and he wants us to listen to what he's bringing to the church? He that has ears to hear, let him listen, let him heed what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying to this church. Right? And then he goes on to the church at Sardis. He who is able to hear, he says it again, let him listen to what the Holy Spirit says to the assembly. Are we an assembly? God called Pastor John to Whitbank. God called Pastor John and witnessed it through Brother Jerry, laid his hands on Pastor John, heritage of faith, church. This is what it is. And God called us here with a message, with messages from heaven. Wow. Glory to God. Ma, ma, ma. Wonder, wonder if I can find this over here. Teachings like rain. The Lord showed me we're getting teachers, teachings like rain. Teachings like rain. Hmm. Anyway, let me just. Teachings like rain. From the Message Bible, it says that's what we're getting teachings like rain falling on our hearts. Hmm. His words. That's what I'm, I live by, is his words that he's saying to this church. Then he says here again to another church, he says, he was able to hear, let him listen to and heed what the Holy Spirit says to the assembly. And he says it about seven times. He who can hear, let him listen to and heed what the Spirit says to the church. Right. He is able to hear, let him listen to. There it is again. So that is the desire of the Father, and it's the desire of Jesus. Jesus, who is the head of the church, that we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. The Holy Spirit that's within Pastor John gives Pastor John the message. Hmm. All right. It seems as if he wants to flow here. So we're going to go to Acts, and I'll give it to you now. I'll give it to you now. 
This is how it works. Well, this is how it works with us. This is how it works with Pastor John and I because we lay great stress on our ministry. Hallelujah. It's of great importance to us. From the Amplified Bible, please. Thank you, Esther. Acts 22, from verse 14. You will see what the pattern is of what God expects his messengers that he sends to a church to do. He has great expectations. Um, Just go to 13. 13. There we go. 14, okay. Right. So this is what the Lord is saying to Apostle Paul, right? God of our forefathers has destined and appointed Pastor John God of our forefathers has destined and appointed Pastor John and appointed Pastor Sharon to come progressively to know his will, to perceive and recognize more strongly and clearly and to become better and more intimately acquainted with his will, to see the righteous one. We're supposed to see Jesus. Where do I? We see him in the secret place when we're with him. To see the righteous one, Jesus Christ. And then what happens then? To hear a voice from his own mouth and a message from his own lips. A voice from his own mouth and a message from his own lips that we bring from the Holy Spirit to the congregation. And then, for you will be a witness. And then we are to witness unto all of you everything that we've seen and heard. So this is how Pastor John and I go about our ministry that we lay great stress upon. That is so important to us. We do that. We press into God to progressively come to know more deeply and more intimately his will. That is the recognition of the time. What is God saying now to us? What is he doing now? What is he saying now? And then to to see him. While we, while we in his presence, we see him. We're coming to know his will. We see you, Jesus. We're with you. And to hear a voice from your own mouth, Lord, and a message from your own lips, and then to bring that. It's how Pastor John and I live. That's why the Apostle Paul could be so robust in what he wrote to the to to the Thessalonians to say, we thank God, especially for this, that when you receive the message from us, you do not receive it as the voice of mere men, as the just from mere men, but you receive it as the voice of God, which it really is. And it is effectually at work in you who adhere to it and believe it and receive it. It's operates its supernatural, superhuman power in you. So what the Spirit of God is saying to me at this time, through the messages, it's operating powerfully in me. It's exercising its superhuman power in me, enabling me to actually see it, believe it, and do it. Because when I hear it and I see it, where it's written, how God has provided it for us so beautifully, then I say it. 
I say it. That's how I get it into my heart. And then I grow it. And I'm, I'm very mindful that this is an extraordinary period of grace that God is giving us. Time and a space where actually it's like that seed is going to grow up so quickly. It's going to do its superhuman work in me. Because when God reigns by his Holy Spirit on the seed of his word that you've put in your heart, he can accelerate it. He can accelerate it. He can't accelerate nothing. Nothing in, nothing to accelerate. Seed in, supernatural reign of the Holy Spirit on that. And God speaks about that in the book of Deuteronomy when he speaks to his people and he says, now the seed that you're going to be planting in the promised land is not going to be like the seed that you used to plant and you watered it with your foot laboriously as in a garden of vegetables. But the seed that you're going to plant is going to receive the rain of the heavens and it's going to produce supernaturally. I'm so aware right now that there's great grace. What is great grace? Great power of the Holy Spirit right now. For what word you put in your heart, he will reign. He is all my reign. The Holy Spirit is the reign. He is the former and the latter reign. He is the reign. He is spirit reign. He is my spirit reign. And when I put his spirit words in my spirit, he reigns. He just knows how to do it. Just grows. His word is incorruptible seed. The scripture says his word is incorruptible sperm. It's incorruptible seed. And Romans 10 says that the way I get my, his words into my heart is it's in my mouth and in my heart. And in my mouth and in my heart. And that's the way I sow the seed of God's word into my heart. And then the Holy Spirit goes, oh, look, there it is. I'm on a reign. I'm reigning my, my power. My, my, I've got everything to do with the seed growing up. In your life, in your life, and bearing fruit. I have to take a moment here to bless him for this. And you want to bless him for this process that he's given us, the spiritual process that I can speak his word and he will do it. Thank you, Lord. Where would I be if I couldn't receive your word and speak it and put it in my heart and you couldn't have anything to work with, Lord? Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this process. I trust the spiritual process, Lord. Hallelujah. And so, that's what we do. That's what we do. We receive the message from his lips. We progressively know his will because he tells us his will because we are with him. He, 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 he gives us, he transmits it to us, he declares it to us, 
He speaks to us. <laughs> he speaks to us. Does he speak to you? Through his word, through his prophets, through his apostle, in your spirit. Oh, yes, he speaks. Oh, yes, he speaks. I hear his voice. I know his voice. Glory to God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Voice of a stranger, they will not follow. So, there we go. God wants, God wanted you to know that. That this is, he wanted us to tell you that this is how we go about our ministry. Pastor John and I go about our ministry like this. To know his will, to see his face, to hear a voice from his own mouth and a message from his own lips and then to bring it. Praise the Lord. Okay. So now, hmm. so I'm sharing with you now, I, I, I want to share with you now um, that in 2017, the Lord spoke to me and said to me, I'm holding you responsible for the spirituality of my music ministry. The songs, the words, it's your responsibility. Be more responsible. And so I shared this immediately with Pastor John. It was one of those moments with God and I. I'm holding you responsible for the spirituality of music ministry. So I understood at that time that the spirituality of anything is what comes from the Holy Spirit. The spirituality of anything. Spirit. Sure. Spirituality. Spirit. Comes that which comes from the Holy Spirit. And so I went and shared it with Pastor John, not knowing what I'm to do with it, but knowing that the, the Lord would show Pastor John. And so then he made the announcement and he said, this, my spiritual partner and co-leader in this ministry must be a witness because of the significance I must release out of my mouth. And that was, these, yeah, that was on March 27, uh, 2017, 28th of March, Sunday morning. And he said, she is, as of this morning, Sharon is operating as chief psalmist in this ministry. So I want to remind you as well that our mandate, Pastor John and I, our mandate, Pastor John asks this question regularly. What's the point of being a Christian? It's to be spiritual. In other words, you have a working relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing spiritual if you do not have a working relationship with the Holy Spirit, whether you're reading his word, engaging with his word, whether you're engaging in sound and song, whether you're engaging in, 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 in anything in life to be spiritual is to have a relationship and to know the Holy Spirit that's been sent to us from him. And so he said this, he said, 
my spiritual partner. That's interesting you said that, Pastor John. So he said this. Um, so why are you telling us all this, Pastor Sharon? Because as I continue to bring my gift in power, not in performance or personality, as I keep bringing my gift in power, it means you can flow to. You can flow to with that, right? And so they are looking for a sound. The way a psalmist operates, they are looking for a sound. The other way you can recognize this is what Pastor John said. They flow in a prophetic sense. They sing in their worship and they sing to God. They often sing out the ways of God and the will of God. You heard that this morning come from her. This has been a conversation between us for years and years. But we recognize that as we were building the churches and as we were preaching in different places, that her teaching ministry was extremely valuable to the ministry. So you will see that for a period of time, she will be doing less and less formal teaching on a Sunday. And she's going to be more involved in establishing the ministry of the psalmist in our ministry. Why? Because it's not just me. These things are for others, right? It's one of the things Pastor John said. If you step into your gift, others can step into theirs. If I do not step into my gift, if I do not go in my gift, where are you going to go? Right? That's just how God works in the church. So, so, why is this so important, Pastor John said? This is a part of our preparation for where God wants our whole ministry to go. Now, we are in preparation now, right? Sp discipline, spiritual preparation. And part of that should be your listening to the songs and the sounds that come from the Lord to this church. You should be listening. You should be allowing them to pierce and penetrate your heart, right? That was the prophecy that came through Pastor John. I took it for myself. The music and the songs and the sounds that are coming out of this church, th these are the parts of the prophecy I took for me. The sounds and the songs and the words of this music is drawing me, drawing me closer to Jesus, drawing me into the intimacy of the Holy One, and then the sound that I will hear in my heart, that I will hear in my ears, I will have a response to this music that will cause me to repent and give my life to Jesus, to turn from my old ways, come into the new ways of Jesus. The sound and the songs of this music will permeate in me. Healings will take place in me. Emotional changes will happen. I will give up old ways and come into the new. Depression will leave. Oppression will leave. I will see the light and the freedom in the name of Jesus. It will penetrate any darkness of my human mind. It will penetrate the darkness of my soul. Anywhere that my soul is turned against God. It will penetrate all darkness, depression, oppression, all kinds of religious spirits, all kinds of ways that have turned me against God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I listen. I listen over and over, letting it pierce and penetrate. This is how the power of music that God has given us, the power of music to sing the same things over and over and hear the same spirit words from God 
over and over. Like I said this morning, that's exactly what the devil has done with words of songs of darkness to bring many, many, many men and women into bondage because they sing those dark words over and over and over again. And they, they are operating in that thing of that life and death in the power of the tongue. And it's piercing them and penetrating them and holding them captive. And God has got songs of light, songs of life, songs of love. That's the power of music that Satan has perverted the power of music by using it to get people to worship him and go away from God. Where music was given by God for us to go to God, for us to connect with God. Hallelujah. So there we go. I'm also listening to these sounds and songs. So where am I going here now? Hallelujah. I'm holding you responsible. That's what Pastor John said. So it's important for you to know this in our go forward. So why is this so important? This is a part of our preparation for where God wants our whole ministry to go. And certainly for when Brother Jerry comes. That was what he said that time. Remember, that was before Brother Jerry was coming. And now, even more certainly, before Brother Jerry comes. We want sound and song to go to a higher level. That's spiritually, people. Higher level than we were even at before. I know that we were being led by the Holy Spirit in prayer. It was a unanimous agreement. We both immediately understood it to be the will of God that this is what Sharon must do now. So when he speaks, he leads, we go. There are a few changes happening now, and they are spiritual. And so then he said this, I really wanted you to see this morning's worship because Pastor Sharon, this was in Joburg now, he was making the announcement. She was singing with the worship team. There are things that are happening that are changing and we are actively changing things in this ministry under the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit. We are going and flowing with God and we are making all the changes necessary that God wants us to make. Pastor Sharon, as of this morning, is operating in this. She is operating as the chief psalmist of this ministry. So a little while, you will see less of her in the teaching mode. Right, operating. So Pastor John did not tell me where he was going to say that on that morning. So I was... Um, in my natural man, quite shocked and quite, uh, I will say, it was quite, a, quite an adjustment for me to make because that was not how I, how I saw it playing out when the Lord said to me, I'm holding you personally responsible for the spirituality of music ministry, right? And so, but I know that I'm under authority. So, um, the Lord says to me that this music ministry that he has delegated spiritual leadership to me of is a military division in his army. My call is to mobilize the army of God. He has called me like Deborah with Pastor John. He has called me like Deborah with Pastor John. It was victories that had to happen in the church at the time with Barak and Deborah. Victories for God's kingdom, for God's people. So God uses music and his sounds and his songs to bring about victories for himself and his people. 
Victories for his people. Victories because the victories for his church is victories for him. Right? So here we go. So this was a wake up for me. This was a big wake up for me, what Pastor John said that morning. And that's exactly part of what the Lord gave me at that time. Wake up, wake up. He gave this to me out of Judges, the book of Judges. The Message Bible says this, the day, that day Deborah and Barak sang this song. Okay, to God, yes, to God, I'll sing. That's Deborah, a prophet, and Barak, a general of an army for victory. It says here, to God, I'll sing, make music to God. Warriors became fat and sloppy, no fight left in them. Then you, Deborah, rose up, you got up, a mother in Israel. You arose, a mother in Israel. And then God chose new leaders who fought at the gates. And then it says, wake up, wake up, Deborah, wake up, wake up, sing a song. Lead on, Deborah, lead on, lead on, sing a song. Lead on, on your feet, Barak, on your feet, Pastor John. Take your prisoners, take your, occupy, occupy. And God says, that this music ministry is part of his military division, just as it was in the day of Deborah and Barak, with a song, was part of it, was part of it. So, so this is important for you to know that this is not just something that we do in this church without understanding Music ministry has got God's, in this church has got God's purposes in it for all of us for victory. To pierce, to penetrate, to bring us to Jesus, to bring that healing to us on a continual, consistent basis. Sounds and songs from heaven that bring healing and bring victory for us. So there we go. And then it talks about, I mean, she... There was victory with, with Deborah and Barak. Yeah, it was major. It says that when they fought, when the soldiers fought, it says the stars in the sky joined the fight from their courses. They fought against Sisera. Yeah. Okay. Right. So she's going to be more involved in establishing the ministry of the psalmist. Uh, unanimous agreement, what she must do now, it is spiritual, changing. She's operating. You will see, okay, I'm just going to go here. All right, wake up, Deborah, wake up. So actually your as, as, as people that have been with us for a long time, you should be saying, wake up, Pastor Sharon, wake up. Wake up, Pastor Sharon, wake up and sing the songs that the Holy Spirit gives you. Wake up, Pastor Sharon, with your mobilizing God's army anointing that's on you, wake up. Sing, sing, sing what the Spirit of God gives you, Pastor Sharon. That's what should be in your heart. Wake up. Wake up, Pastor Sharon. Sing, sing a song 
flow with the Holy Spirit so that we may all go with you. Right? And then he said this. He said, a wonderful thing happened to me this morning. She will be working with Pastor Garth. She'll be working with Garth closely together. They're going to kind of form a a leading team and working in the psalmist's ministry. And a wonderful thing happened to me today when I walked into the service and saw her standing up there singing because I hadn't been there before. I had this great joy come into my heart because this is not the first time I've spoken this over Sharon's life or for that matter, God. But the fullness of time has come and now we are obedient. What a liberty I experienced in the flow of the Spirit of God today. I was just in heaven, that's all I can say. Sharon has a good voice, but there are many who have a much better voice than she, even in our ministry. But there is an accuracy of the flow of the Spirit that she brings in times of sound and song that comes from her intimacy of her time with God. It comes from her times of intimacy of her times with God. So it's important for you to know that. That when there's a flow and there's a go through me, it's coming through my time of intimacy with God and I'm flowing with the Holy Spirit, not for me, for you, with you, with us to go together so that you don't stand there and wondering what's going on. That's why I'm, I'm busy teaching you this, right? So that you can cooperate. You can cooperate with the Holy Spirit and have recognition here Here, Pastor Sharon's going here. I'm going here. I'm not standing here wondering what's going on. I'm not stonewalling the anointing. I'm cooperating. I'm coming. I'm responding. That's the only way that God's going to be able to do mighty works. with the music ministry is if you have no familiarity with what's happening in music ministry but you're always expecting the fresh new things and the fresh new flow of the Holy Spirit for you and we go together we go together where do we go? we go where the Holy Spirit is wanting to flow That's why the Lord is wanting me to speak to you here about this. He said, there is an accuracy of the flow of the spirit that she brings in worship that comes from her intimacy of her time with God. And it is more valuable than anything anyone else can bring. She brings that into the whole team. And I'm expecting that all of what we are going to be experiencing as a ministry to go to greater levels. Amen. That's what he said. Greater levels. Important for you to know this so that you can flow and cooperate and understand what's happening here, right? So this is my mobilizing anointing that I'm going to be sharing with you that is in cooperation and with Pastor John. My mobilizing anointing. Mobilize my army. This was in 2003. And he said this, mobilize my army, my troops. Okay. 
this is how he said it. Building on prayer is one of the foundational building blocks of this church. I am building my house. I desire heritage of faith to be built on prayer. I desire for prayer to be established in my church. I desire organized, ordered prayer to be established. Now it must never stop. As long as this church is alive, strategic, organized, ordered, continuous prayer must be made. I said my house will be called a house of prayer, that my people will be joyful in my house of prayer, for I'm a God who hears and delights and answers the prayers of my people. I do not work but through prayer. Mobilize my army. Mobilize my army. Wow. What? What, Lord? Like I asked you if you would please call me to mobilize your army. If he called me to do this, he called me to do this. That means I have a mobilizing anointing on me to rally God's spiritual army together to follow him and to be mighty and victorious and warriors to win and go all the way with God. Hallelujah. And to experience victories in their personal lives, victories in their personal lives, and then victories in our corporate life together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mobilizing an army is because we're in a war. Like I read to you what Pastor John said, you were born into a war. You were born into a war. And what did Brother Jerry say? No exception. God wants, what, is he, what did he say? Everyone in his army. No exception. Right? That's in the book of Timothy. No soldier, when he's enlisted, Okay, I'm not going to go there. Mobilize my army, my troops, my soldiers, call them to attention. I didn't ask for this to call you to attention, but that's in me. Attention. It was in Deborah. She was, a, she was in the Old Testament times. I stand in the time of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to bring the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to attention and to bring the New Testament new creature soldiers to follow Jesus and give him their all. Okay? Call them to attention. Call them to order. What is that order? It's you're planted. You're planted in a place where God called you to be planted. And you're listening to those messages there. And you're following a spiritual leader there. You don't just go anywhere. God's called you to a place. He doesn't have plan B for you. He has his plan A. He has an ancient path for you. Right. Call them to my order. Call them to order. It's a time of tr tr decision, precision, transition, direction, connection, position, Migration, shifting, moving, alignment, adjustment. Many are out of shape, unfit, untrained, unprepared. Not all are willing, not all are ready. But there is an army in my kingdom. Who will enlist? Who will be willing? I am the captain of this army. Some are rusty. Some need refresher courses again. Some need to sharpen their skills again. Some have gone AWOL. Some have deserted. I call them all. This is the time for them to get ready. Soldiers enlist to lay down their own lives for their country. Who am I laying my life down for? For the kingdom of God. I'm laying down my life for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Of which Jesus is the king. And so, kingdom 
Right, this is a time for them to get ready. Lay in times of great danger when the, when the peace and well-being of the country or the kingdom is under threat. These are perilous times, times of great danger, men and women, boys and girls in the grip of a satanic onslaught for their very lives. The call goes out, come. A call to order, a call to yield to my kingdom ways, a call to work, a call to pray, a call to hear, a call to obey, a call to praise, a call to truth, a call to fight, the fight of faith, a call to follow my spirit now. What a cause, what a king. Victory, victory is our cry. A united army, a working army, a praising army, a joyful army, an overcoming army, denying their own feelings, obeying my orders from their leaders, all moving together, all going in the same direction, not going their own way. That is because they understand the power of the body. They are knit, set, deeply planted and connected. They belong. They recognize and follow those over them. They yield to the training. They are always present. They are totally committed, loyal, faithful, dedicated to the cause of the king. When it rains, when it snows, when it hails, when it thunders, in the fierce midday sun, daily, unselfishly, they pick up their cross and follow me. They need no pat on the back at the end of the day, for they know it's all for me and their reward is from me. These make no excuses. They are in place shoulder to shoulder. The qualification is willing and obedient. The motivation is selfless and for the king. Hallelujah. That was the call. That was the call. And that is what is in me and on me is to mobilize God's army. What a cause and what a king. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you become a human being, you're called to battle. Pastor John, there is a battle on whether you're a Christian or not. Because the battle is what are you going to choose? No exception, God wants you in his army. All right. All right, praise you, Jesus. So Deborah was in the army and Barak was in the army and they were in a time of war. There's one tremendous scripture and um, I don't have that recall right now, but it's very easy for you to find. It says, the Lord, he is a man of war. The Lord, he is a man of war. Jesus came. Jesus came. God sent him to win a war, to die on the cross, to be raised again, triumphant, holding the keys of death, hell, and the grave, giving the keys of the kingdom to the church. And now the church is to be like Jesus in the earth. Glory to God. Okay. One fifty-five. I've been going an hour already, Pastor John. Yeah. So, when it comes to songs, when it comes to songs, spirituality. I've told you about the spirituality of music ministry, 
I want to read something very, very important to you. Um, the things that I learned about music ministry, I learned from my spiritual fathers. I didn't go looking everywhere else. I learned from my father, Kenneth e. Hagen, who spoke to me about music that enhances the anointing. He taught me from scripture in Second Kings that Elisha called for a minstrel and his anointing was enhanced. And it says in Second Kings 3, you don't have to put it up, Esther, bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. The hand of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. Music comes under the ministry of helps listed in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. The ministry of music is one of the greatest helps there is. I'm just sharing with you that I learned about music ministry from people who were not musicians and they were not singers. They taught me about music ministry. My spiritual fathers taught me about music ministry. I learned the blessing of the fathers to be taught by our fathers, what they've learned from the Holy Spirit. And it says here, Elisha went on to give the message of victory God gave him. The hand of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. Okay, the ministry of music. Thank God for the ministry of music. The Bible has much to say about music in connection with worship. We know that music helps us to connect spiritually with God. If you play the right kind of music in your home, in your car, when you're praying, what a difference it makes. Music affects all the ministries. It has something to do with the anointing in all the offices. Remember, Apostle Paul said, I magnify my office. Music can help all ministers because all ministers should minister under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. All right, music will affect the anointing. Many times musicians don't realize their responsibility. They stand in the office of helps. They need to pray and get the anointing on them just as much as the preacher does. They need to develop a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and learn how to flow with the spirits. Singers shouldn't get up and sing just to be singing. They need to be anointed. Even the choir should be anointed. People don't stop to pray before ministering in song. Responsible for the spirituality of music ministry, right? People don't even, right? They need to take time to get alone with God, to get the anointing on them. I have found then when musicians really flow with the spirit, it will cause the anointing to come on me stronger to stand in the office of the prophet. The right song. He speaks about the right song. They began to play a song called Preach the Word, a song written by Amy Semple McPherson. And the anointing came on me and I ministered under it from nine o'clock until midnight. What a service. I got caught up in the glory with everyone else. If they played the wrong song, they would have killed the whole thing. You see, it's necessary that singers and musicians be in tune with the Spirit of God as much as the minister is. All right. If they're not, everybody would be better off if there were no musicians participating in the service. That's the reason I don't want any kind of singing sometimes. Other things affect the anointing as well. I'll tell you what, if you sit here in this service 
and you're not for Pastor John and I, you are part of hindering this service. If you're questioning things that Pastor John and I are doing and questioning things that Pastor John and I are preaching and you're not with us, you are part of stonewalling the anointing in this church. It would be better for you to not be here when Brother Jerry's here than to sit here and stonewall somebody else's deliverance, somebody else's blessing because the anointing of God wants to flow through Brother Jerry. God wants to flow through Brother Jerry. This was part of my preparation. The last time Brother Jerry came, the Lord had me use the word stonewall. Don't come here when Brother Jerry's here and stonewall. What does that mean? You sit like a stone, absolutely immovable by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely just here because you're tagging along to tick a box, to be seen to be here. Pastor John ministered on that. God could do there no mighty works because of their unbelief. Because what did they say? Who's this? Who's this? This is just a carpenter's son. And it says Jesus could do there no mighty works. Jesus could do there no mighty works because the whole crowd was saying, it's just Joseph's son. Right? It will go so well. It will go so well for us if we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We will do so well. And it will go so well if we will reverence the ways of God, the words of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, other things affect the anointing as well, he says. Often the spirit of the prophet will begin to move on me and something kills it. It's because of the environment and certain people present. Pastor John, certain people present, they sit, they come to this church and they sit here and they're against us, they're against our teaching. Well, I plead today a stone wall of the blood of Jesus in this church. That the blood of Jesus will be the stone wall against anyone that wants to be present here to stone wall. Can we get into agreement about that in Jesus' name? Can we have an agreement here in Jesus' name? Can we agree that the blood of Jesus, we plead the blood, we hold the blood, we speak the blood against anyone, against anything, wanting to stonewall the anointing, that the blood of Jesus stands as the stonewall. 
in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Father. In this church, we do not permit it. We forbid it. We forbid it in Jesus' name. We declare those people to be deaf and dumb and blind, to have no impact and influence with a strong soul in this service in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It says here, certain people present. Yeah. Glory to God. How about that? That I'm learning about music ministry also. From That was Dad Hagen's book on understanding the anointing. Yeah. In that book, he also speaks about the power of the corporate anointing. And that's why he's addressing that today in our preparation for when Brother Jerry comes. We have declared the blood of Jesus to be stonewalling every person that comes to be present that wants to stonewall. The blood of Jesus will stonewall them in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So here is another man very well known to Pastor John and I. And I learned about music ministry from him too. And he talks about a song for warriors. Have you ever wondered what kind of music services the first century church had? What did they do during their singing, praise and worship? How they prayed for the sick? How loud they prayed in tongues? How they flowed with the anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Imagine the kind of vitality that must have filled their church services. This is living in the combat zone, Pastor John. He speaks about the church. The local church is the combat zone. This is where... This is where we learn to win. Glory to God. So it says here, as we come to the end of Paul's message on warfare, we get a glimpse of those early services because he's been speaking here now about uh, the um, um, endure hardness as a good soldier. Endure hardness as a good soldier. And he says here, a song for warriors. So 2 Timothy 2, 11 and 13, if we can bring that up here, this is very, very interesting. 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13, it's what the scholars called hymnic, hymnic literature. Okay, so let's, the say, this saying is sure and worthy of confidence. If we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny and disown and reject him, he will also deny and disown and reject us. If we are faithless, he remains true, for he cannot deny himself. Right. That's called hymnic, hymnic literature. Is what the scholars, all the scholars called 2 Timothy 2, 11 to 13. In other words, these verses are an actual quote of a real New Testament hymn. This was a song sung by Paul and Timothy and probably the Apostle John and thousands of others too. When hymnic literature is used in the New Testament, it's always from a hymn that was well known throughout the church. These hymns were intended to be more than music. These hymns were intended to be more than music. Power of music. More than music. They were tools of instruction which chronicled the real thinking of the early church. 
Paul was speaking to Timothy in military terms by using this hymn. Paul is making a statement. Timothy, I know how to get you to understand what I'm saying. Do you remember that powerful song your congregation sings every week in Ephesus? You surely must know the one I'm talking about. You know the one that goes like this. And Paul quotes this familiar hymn, which says, It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. Take a look at these lyrics. One historian has said, let me write the songs for a nation and I can determine the history of that nation. In order to better prepare themselves for satanic attack and to live bravely for the Lord, these believers used every tool available to instill bravery into the ranks. And one tool they used was hymns. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Oh, that the singing this kind of song over and over again walked, worked bravery and warfare into the fiber of the church. Today, we need songs that produce brave warriors. Are you here, Pastor G? Hallelujah. We've got all those brave warrior songs. Sheesh. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, that the church today was committed enough to sing this type of song and mean it. This would be evidence that the army of the Lord was marching forth. Instead, most people would be offended by such lyrics. The lyrics say, come hell or high water, we're in this army to stay. If they kill us, that's okay. We'll join Jesus in his resurrection. If we suffer... If we suffer, he goes into all of this. If we deny him, he will also deny us. But if we suffer, these are the lyrics of a fearless people. They were determined to have victory. They were determined to have victory. I am determined to have victory. Hallelujah, I'm determined to have victory. I live in my victorious word of God. I'm determined to have victory around every corner, every day, in every circumstance. Hallelujah. I'm determined to submit myself to God, resist the devil and he will flee from me. He flees from me all the time. I am a it is written Christian. I am a it is written Christian. I constantly, repeatedly and continually defeat, enforce Satan's defeat in my life. He does, I don't listen to any of his lies. Hallelujah. I live in the truth. Glory to God. If we deny him, he will also. Fearless people, they were determined to have victory. Therefore, the song continues, we shall also reign with him. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. We will reign and rule like a nobility with him. They had their sights fixed on ruling with Jesus. To do this, they would fight any foe. If we deny him, he will also deny us. They saw no room. Please, Please, people, listen to this. Those of you that are in the army of the Lord, they saw no room for excuses of defectors in the army of the Lord. You were with him or you were against him. They didn't sweep it under the carpet and hide it when a brother defected. Neither did they simply pat him on the back and say, well, now come back and visit us sometime. Now come back and visit us sometime. Okay. 
They were an army. Those who go absent without leave are not worthy of honor or spiritual privileges. Yet today we comfort defectors and beg and plead with them to come back. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read that again. They were an army. Those who go absent without leave, AWOL, are not worthy of honor or special privileges. Yet today we comfort defectors and beg and plead with them to come back. If a brother or a sister has fallen into sin or is hurt by a relationship, of course you should do all you can to restore them. But if a soldier rebels... And with the full consent of his will defects, then let him defect. And if he comes back, then let him start all over again with the process of proving himself. This militant lack of tolerance couldn't be any plainer than in this line of the hymn they sang. This was not a theological statement. It is a reflection of who they were and how they thought. It says, if you deny the Lord, the Lord will deny you too. From the content of this hymn, it is quite clear that these early saints were extremely serious about their Christianity and the kingdom of God. Their Christian walk wasn't just another thing for them to do in life. Their Christian walk was not just another thing for them to do in life. Christianity was their all in all. They were giving their lives lock, stock, and barrel over to this cause. Please understand this hymn is not a basis for theology. It is a dramatic reflection of their hour, the times that they were living in. Church songs are always influenced by preaching, teaching, and prophesying, and they're always indicative of the specific period in which they are written. The hymn writer, whoever she or he was, chronicled these messages, put them them messages, put them to music so the saints at large could sing them at home, at work, in their leisure time, at church gatherings. I can almost hear the first century saints singing the line of this hymn now. Can you hear them singing? If we are killed like he was killed, then we shall live again as he now lives eternally. If suffering is forced upon us, praise God, we'll reign with him like nobility. If we deny or forsake him, he will deny us of our rewards. If we believe not or grow faint-hearted, still he abides faithful. He cannot, cannot, cannot deny himself. God is doing a new thing for our generation. He is speaking to us in militaristic terms. He is showing us that we are to be an advancing army. He is releasing a spirit of war inside the church. He is beckoning us to pick up our revelation, knowledge, gifts and weaponry to use them against the enemy. The most exciting days of the church are ahead of her. Today, right now, God needs a special brand of believer who will challenge the foe and storm the gates of hell. He's looking for those special believers who will hear his voice and surrender to his call and enter and live in the combat zone. Are you one of those? Are you called to live and fight in the combat zone? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, this is a part of our group that doesn't, he doesn't sing. Kenneth Hagen doesn't sing, but I learned about music ministry 
from them because they understand the power of the music ministry in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that is what God wants you to understand today, that there is power in it for change for us. Glory to God. I think I'm going to end there, my, my darling. Like I said, I've got so much here. But I need about a week. I need about a week. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so we are going to spend some time now. I wanted to show you, I wanted to also remind you about God said to me, I hold you responsible for the high praise. I wanted to speak to you a bit about my calling, but another time, so that you can understand to flow with me and cooperate with me when I move in a certain direction with the Holy Spirit, so that you can be confident in what you're doing and how you're flowing because I bring my gift with power and you need to have understanding of that. Hallelujah. He's called me with Pastor John side by side. A military division of prayer, the military division of music ministry, the military, the, the military division of messages, the sharp two-edged sword of the word of God in our heart and in our mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank God for the weapons that he has given us, mighty Mighty for victory in the church. Hallelujah. I think there's one more thing that I need to say, my darling, because I'm not going to have another opportunity to minister to them in, before Brother Jerry comes, Emma, on sound and song. Because there's a, there's a roar and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an, Coming with the mobilizing anointing in me rises up a shout, a shout and a roar. It's part of my mobilizing anointing. And so when that starts to happen, I just, I can't go into all of the teaching of that now. That God gave me to explain my calling to me because I lay great stress on my calling and he said, since Pastor John and Brother Jerry, spiritually everything has shifted. God has shifted as his music ministry shifts as well. How do we perceive, how do we receive from the Holy Spirit who receives from what is Jesus is building right now? No eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind conceived what God has prepared for us in music ministry who love him. My roar is for a reason. He accomplishes with his sounds what we cannot comprehend with our minds. We are to have expectation and spiritual recognition and great honor and reverence when he's moving in music ministry. Hallelujah. The foolishness of sound and song, the foolishness of preaching, 
the foolishness of the power of sound and song, the foolishness of the power of preaching, the defeat of the enemy is enforced repeatedly, consistently, and continually. For us, for our church, a period of waiting is over. God was biding his time for when he would move. We were waiting with him. In the heart of God, the previous cycle we were in with him was completed. The perfect period of waiting, both for the Lord and Pastor John, who had been carrying many things in his heart from the Lord, carrying things in his heart from the Lord that he knew must come. And in October 2020, God said, my waiting is over, John. Let's go now with all my new. Here it is, the open door, new era. Go with me, big and bold. My hand is open, filled with everything you will need. I have begun my new era with I will take the the children and what is your more for those who had ears to hear to hear me really hear me are now flowing with me they recognize their honor and they do fear and these that now pray are here are here all right indeed he says here in job 37 1 to 5 you don't have to put it up at his thunderings 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 i need to go there i'm gonna go there um, just please give me five minutes. I'm going to go there with the thunderings. It's one of the calls. In 2012, he said to me, son of thunder, son of thunder. He called me son of thunder. He said, do not misinterpret so as to disregard and cast aside this holy work I'm doing in you. It is me, the man of war arising in you. I am rising. I am teaching you to channel with wisdom that which is rising in you, but it is of me. It's part of my preparation in you. You must learn to harness and restrain and release with wisdom and love for the people. But vengeance, yes, vengeance, hatred and war against all the works of the kingdom of darkness. It is it's way more powerful. It's spiritual. Okay. It's a holy war of a magnitude never been seen before, of a type and a sort and a kind never known before, on a grand scale never been before. It's my holy war, and I will have my way, and I will have my say, and I will have full sway in the earth working with my sons, and I've brought you to this place, to this time. It truly is happening all right now. Stay close. And then he said this to me. This is a time unlike any ever in my history. So weast, I want you to bring that scripture up in the weast Bible. Mark 3, you don't need to turn there because it's in the weast that he gave it to me. And he goes up into the mountain, it says about Jesus. Jesus goes up into the mountain. Jesus goes up into the mountain and calls for himself, to himself, those whom he himself was desiring and they went off with him. Right, so he called Pastor John and he called Pastor Sharon. Let's go back there. He, he, he called us to himself he was desiring us and we went off with him. Can you see that? Right? And he appointed 12 in order that they might constantly be with him in order that he might send them forth as ambassadors with credentials representing him to accomplish a certain task that of making a proclamation with such formality, gravity, and authority as must be heeded and obeyed, being equipped with delegated authority to be casting out the demons. Do you know that as a group, when we obey God and we flow with the Holy Spirit, we cast out the demons? Do you understand that? There's no place for them. There's no place for them. 
Hallelujah. And then he said this, and he appointed the 12 and added to Simon's name, the name Peter, the J- and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, whom he surnamed Benegis, which is sons of thunder. He calls sons of thunder still today. He calls sons of thunder and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James. Okay, right. And then in the complete Jewish Bible, the complete Jewish Bible, he says, then Jesus went up to the hill country and summoned to himself those who he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 to be with him and sent out to preach, to have authority to expel demons and Simon, to whom he gave another name, Kepha and Yaakov and Ben Zavdai and Yochanan, Yaakov's brother, to them he gave the name Benay Regesh. Thunderers. God's thunders. God has need of sound. He has need to thunder. Lightnings and thunder have been prophesied that there will be a time by John G. Lake that there will be lightnings and thunderings. So this thunder, this thunder does not, this thunder, let me just say this to you, refers not to their character, but to their mission. This thundering does not refer to my character, my personality, my performance. It refers to my mission. God requires that thundering. So I needed you to see that. That he has surnamed me on the back of my file. He says, you are for today my Sharon B'nai Regesh. You are my son of thunder and you will thunder with your zeal for my house and you will thunder. I have need of that thundering sound for my for what I will do with it in the heavenlies, right? And so when there's thunder, then let that thunder come in your heart. Recognize it, cooperate with it, go with it. Follow me with it because when I bring my gift to you, I do not bring it with performance. No, I do not bring it with personality. No, I bring it with the power of God so that all can flow with it. And I had to say that today. I had to say that today because there's time coming in the future where God is going to require the thundering. And then you know what's happening. You're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit in the way that he wants to move. You're not shrinking from him and going, what is this? I want you to see something about being ashamed of the Holy Spirit. God says we are not to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit when he comes to manifest himself because he's not manifesting himself the way that you want him to manifest himself, the way you don't understand what he's doing. Now you have understanding. In this church, you have understanding so that you don't stand and stonewall and you don't sit and stonewall, that you understand what God is doing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I know that in this congregation, I'm not the only son of thunder. I know, I know. It's the spirit of Jesus. And let it rise up in you. Let it rise up in you. It's for victory. It's a loud sound. 
that accompanies lightning. It does denote overwhelming power of voice, not necessarily loud, but the authority of voice in the spirit. This name was applied as though to describe them as revolutionaries. Sons of Thunder is the interpretation of Benegis, the name applied by the Lord to James and John. Their fiery disposition is seen, sons of tumult to rage. You rage for the causes of God. I wanted to just share that, Pastor John, because it's coming. It's coming. I honor the gift that God has placed in me too much to say, no, Lord, I can't do this. I don't choke. I don't choke, Lord. If you need that, I'm your, I'm your, I'm your man. I'm your, I'm your son. Glory to God. Because it says in Isaiah 42, the Lord will go forth like a mighty man. Isaiah 42, 13, he will rouse up his zealous indignation and vengeance like a warrior. Isaiah 42, 13, it's part of what's in God. So he can put whatever part of himself in anyone. Right? The Lord will go forth like a mighty man. It is warrior, war, victory. He will rouse up his zealous indignation and vengeance like a warrior. He will cry. He will shout aloud. He will do mightily against his enemies. Thus says the Lord, I for a long time held my peace. I've been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry out like a woman in travail. I will gasp and pant together. There are times when God says, I've been quiet. Now it's not my time. I'm not going to be quiet now. And so this is not going to be a quiet time. It's not going to be quiet. Hallelujah. It's like Brother Jerry said, church ought to be a noisy place. Heaven is a noisy place. It's noise for a purpose. It's noise for a reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's because of what's in God. He wants to thunder. He wants it to come out of his sons. He wants what's in him to be in his sons so that they can experience him and know who he is. Hallelujah. And know his sounds. Sounds coming from him to us out of us all right well praise the Lord now we are going to as I've said before we lay great stress on our ministry and we magnify our office and we're going to have some time Pastor John music ministry thank you everybody let's let's do let's do music ministry I'm done for today. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Come on, music team. Praise the Lord. You can take that to the back. Thank you, Hans. Hallelujah. I just want to uh, share something with you quickly. Um, I had, Pastor Sharon and I have had many experiences where we've observed the flow of the Holy Spirit over, the ma- over many years through uh, leaders that we have followed. And 
we learned that if you put the, Holy, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit into a box and say he can only operate this way, well, then that's the only way he will operate because that's the only way we permit because then it affects your human, your human comfort zone, your human emotion zone. And so if you say, I only want to have what's comfortable for me in my humanity, well, then that's all you're going to have is a human experience with the Holy Spirit. But if you're going to have, if you're going to have a spiritual experience, then the Holy Spirit will meet you as he wants to flow, not how you want to go. That's very important. I believe it was when we went over to Fort Worth and uh, some of you who traveled with us then can maybe help me remember, but uh, we, I think it was the time when we did our prayer conference there um, and uh, it became clear that one of the, the ladies, you know, Eric is coming with Brother Jerry and his wife Nikki had a sister and uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. And she was going for treatment, and they managed to get her to the services. And for the most part, Miss Carolyn doesn't do any preaching. She doesn't do any of the teaching in the church. Uh, um, she has very little spiritual profile, if you like. But on that particular weekend, I observed something. And I, we watched her. Actually, they prayed for her, Nikki's sister. They prayed for her, and she, she fell down under the power of the Holy Spirit, and Carolyn went and lay her body, literally lay with her body on the floor. Were you there? You don't remember that? It must have been another time. She went and she lay her body completely on top of this woman lying on the ground. I mean, literally, she put her whole body lying on the ground, face to face, mouth to mouth, virtually lying on top of her. In public. Now, let me tell you, to, most, to some people, that might seem offensive. To some people, that might seem like, how do you, why do you do that? Well, she was led by the Holy Spirit, which is a pattern in the Bible that it was done sometimes by prophets as a sign of what God's going to do here. And she lay on top of her for, I don't know, maybe five or ten minutes, just breathing spirit life into her body. After that time, she got up. Uh, sometime later, they managed to pick her up. She was very weak because she'd been under chemotherapy and different things. And uh, they managed to get her up. We visited the church six months later, and there she was standing, completely healed, completely whole, no sign of cancer, completely in remission, nothing, completely healed. It wasn't chemo that did it. It was the power of God through someone who was obeyed, doesn't matter what anybody else thought in the church, I'm going to go and lie on that body because God requires me to lie on the body. So if Brother Jerry had looked at his wife and said, that's my wife doing that, he would have missed God because at that moment she wasn't his wife. At that moment, she was an instrument of God. She was a vessel of God. She was a being that would obey it had nothing to do with wife or husband. It had nothing to do with she's embarrassing me or she's not. And you don't have to be embarrassed by the son of thunder that sometimes comes out of Pastor Sharon. Because today I'm sitting there not listening to my wife. I'm listening to the vessel being used by God to bring a message. 
I receive the message of God through this vessel like I receive the message of God through Brother Jerry. Because it's just another vessel bringing a message. It's not my wife standing here that may or may not embarrass me. In which case she could sit on the front so and every now and again when I'm spitting, that's my husband, he's embarrassing me. Well, she doesn't receive from me because I'm her husband. She receives from me because I'm a vessel that is being used by God. And it's God speaking. And if you don't believe that about me, then you shouldn't be here. And so if you believe that about me, it's just as easily to be believing that about her. In fact, I'll tell you that I saw these, some of these things about her ministry before she even accepted them. She might have known about it, but before she accepted it to step up into it, I was speaking it over her life. Right, Sharon? Right, Pastor John. And I had to encourage her to step up into it yes, because she, did. she didn't want to, she didn't want to f- be in this public position. That's right, Pastor John. So she's not trying to push herself into this. She has to obey God to step into it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Glory Lord. To Glory, Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Come Glory. on, let's all stand.